Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Okay, this podcast, I wanted to start with my own story. Um, I wanted to start with uh, my long stretch of being single on purpose. After my divorce, I was 35, uh, and I had nothing. I had uh, no friends. I had uh, no money. I was uh, I just started working in nonprofit on my journey to becoming a therapist. And I was lonely. I was discouraged. I felt old. I felt uh, defective because society stamps d- uh, divorced on your head when you get divorced, right? And um, I was lost. I was confused. I didn't know where to start. And so the first thing I did when I was single is I said, okay, how can I start connecting to me? How can I um, live a life or actually build a life that feels honest to me because I've been living mostly pseudo. I've been um, seeking approval, validation. I've been chasing um, a poster that wasn't honest to me. And so I thought about this concept of your solid self and it's something I learned in therapy school. And I asked myself, what does that look like to pull from my solid self, which is your authentic self, uh, not your pseudo self. Your pseudo self is the approval seeking uh, side of you. And, and the thing is that your, your solid self is usually the quiet whisper because we don't listen to our solid self. Uh, we usually listen to our pseudo self, which has been tainted by shoulds and advertising and, you know, programming. Um, and, and the pseudo self is the thundering voice. The solid self is the quiet whisper. And so what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to start listening to the quiet whisper. And over time, this really changed my life. Um, and it was hard because I wasn't used to listening to me. You know, I was used to listening to others, to my parents, to what's on um, the billboard, commercials, advertising. And so I started there. And if you break your life into, you know, different categories like um, your work life, your friendships, your family, um, your uh, your fitness, you know, however you want to divide up all the life pieces, um, ask yourself if you are pulling from your solid self. Ask yourself where in your life do you feel the most pseudo? Because depending on who we're around, there's that pseudo tug, you know. Uh, usually with our children, we're very solid, right? Uh, sometimes at work, if you uh, are working for a, a boss with an iron fist, if uh, your workspace is fear-driven, you're probably pseudo. Um, in relationships, if you are in one, um, you may be very pseudo. Or or the last thing about your last relationship, were you pseudo? Were you doing life around your partner? Were you walking on eggshells? Were you expressing to your partner uh, what you need? Maybe with friendships, maybe you're uh, in lopsided friendships. Maybe you're the friend that, uh, you know, has to set everything up or you're the one that's always early. What would it look like for you to start pulling from your solid self? 
That may be sending mom to voicemail. That may be drawing boundaries. That may be ending friendships. That may be, and by the way, when you end friendships, you don't need to announce that. Usually you just kind of fade away. No one, no one, <laughs> no one calls, no one calls, uh, uh, no one calls their friend and says, Hey, listen, I'm breaking up with you. Now, that, that's a little weird and dramatic. Um, you may choose to date differently, you know? So I started there and, uh, what that led to in behavior was, um, me dropping into my body, asking myself, Hey, what do I need today? And this led to, um, a motorcycle. <laughs> I wanted a motorcycle my entire life and got nose uh, starting in the 80s when I was uh, just a kid and my parents thought dirt bikes and motorcycles were too dangerous. And then, you know, when I got married, of course, my wife, no, they're too dangerous. Okay, I get it. And so when I got divorced, I was like, the thing about being single is you don't really have to answer to anyone. And I said, you know what, you have wanted a motorcycle for a long time, go get one. So I got a little Ducati Dark and um, Ducati Monster, and uh, that was something for me, right? I've had six now, and I still ride my motorcycle almost every day. I also said, um, what kind of fitness do I want to do? Because I was used to uh, just going into the global gym and you know doing chest and curls and uh, just for uh, aesthetics. And I looked like a pigeon because I had never done a squat in my life at 35. So I found functional fitness. I found CrossFit. And with that came community. So that was a lifesaver for me. That was a vine that really pulled me out of the, the quicksand because um, the things the thing that I say is the most important when you're single is out of your house and out of your head. You know, um, go get busy. Go build something. Where are you going? And then who are you going with or, or where are you going and then who's coming with you? And if you reverse the order, you'll be going alone because uh, when I was married, the order was who's coming with me, which was uh, the person I was with. And then where am I going? Right. And when you're single, you got to take the power back and you got to tell yourself uh, or ask yourself, where are you going? What are you building? What are you meant to do on this planet? And then who's coming with you. And there's something very attractive about that because now you have purpose, you have passion. Uh, and if you don't know where you're going, at least you are on that road to discovering, right? And so that is very attractive and it also attracts people. <laughs> it attracts the, it attracts uh, uh, people because you become attractive. Um, you are the ride that people are going to want to go on because you are going somewhere. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. You're not just a, a little uh, spinning teacups. You're the 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 colossal roller coaster that the, there's a weight to get on. That's what you should visualize. That's that's what you should see yourself as. So that was my mindset. 
And um, what was fulfilling for me was um, writing and helping other people. Um, so when I got home, that's what I did. And here's the other thing. I didn't just do it in a way that I thought I should because I tried that and that shit didn't work. So I put on the wrinkle free pants, you know, um, I did the, the, the treatment centers. Um, the, I, I, I went to, I got jobs at high paid, uh, high paying, uh, addiction rehabs in Malibu where I got paid very well. And that shit was shady. Um, I worked in, of course, nonprofit. I also uh, worked in private practice. So I, 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 I did everything. And then at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? You know what feels oddness to me? You know what feels where I feel the most solid is meeting people at the coffee shop. I've been writing. I've been living in coffee shops for, you know, the last 20 years trying to write screenplays. I shouldn't say try. Uh, writing screenplays. I have to change my language. Um, and I felt comfortable there. So I'm going to meet people at the coffee shop instead of screenplays I'm blogging. And I'm going to help people online and um, I'm going to break some rules and I'm going to call myself a coach because uh, as a therapist, there are things that you can't do. And so I met couples at the park and we just laid a blanket, did a couple session. I uh, walked around this lake in Silver Lake, which is exactly 50 minutes. And I started to um, build a practice and work in a way that felt very me, you know, making house calls on my motorcycle and stuff like that. Um, at the time, uh, webcams were things you plugged in. A lot of people were on dial-up, um, but I started that early on. Started running groups online. You know, I mean, now there's now it's the the now it's the common language. But before that was very very weird and strange. And people showed up on AOL, and because they were on dial-up, they looked like robots. Like they wasn't streaming fast enough. Anyway, here's what that did though. It changed my state. Right. It, it, it took the bib that I had and it, and it, it turned it around and, and it turned it into a cape, a, a tiny cape, but it's still it was a cape. I felt purpose driven. I felt like I am now taking charge of in charge, uh, a charge of my life. I am doing things that felt very me. And if you do this, your version of this, um, you start to live inside out instead of outside in. There's a chapter in my book uh, called I Found Myself Through Donuts, Barbells, and Motorcycles. And it's true. My, um, my rebirth, my rebuilding, my connection to self um, wasn't in Bali. It wasn't uh, expensive. I wasn't on a plane going to you know exotic locations and um, eating amazing foods. And I mean, I, I wish that was the case. Uh, but I was bo broke and drinking coffee out of styrofoam, and I had earbuds uh, in my ears all the time because I was taking in information. Um, so I was listening to like Wayne Dyer and, and uh, other people, um, podcasts, YouTube, all that stuff, as a as a form of learning, as a study. And then I would um, have a donut once a week as a you know as a treat as a reward. Um, and then when I was working in nonprofit, every Friday I'd bring in a box of donuts. And that's that's where uh, Fuck It Friday came from. And then um, I would help people and I would just start documenting. And it was very me. Um, that, that experience of being single and then um, 
building my life like that uh, felt very empowering. Now, I was also lonely. I was also scared that I wouldn't meet anyone. Um, I, I don't know how, how much time I spent on dating apps, but I was definitely uh, putting myself out there, whether it's social media, you know, uh, flirting a little bit. Um, I don't know if I was ready for a relationship, but I was lonely. I was horny. I was, you know, I wanted to uh, um, be with someone. Um, and, and, and it didn't happen. Uh, the universe cock blocked all my suitors. Uh, and I, I went single for like four years and I wasn't like at clubs trying to aggressively, you know, pick up on women or anything like that. I, I didn't have a lot of success. I didn't have, like, I, I think I used dating apps, you know, and of course I would flirt at parties and stuff like that. And I would try to be social. Um, but I just, I didn't get a lot of people interested in me and uh, for four years. And I think looking back, that would have been, uh, uh, that would have distracted me. I wasn't ready. And so I needed to really uh, connect to myself. I needed to, to build something. I needed to get momentum. I needed to have a routine. And that needed to be locked in and, and into place before I met someone. Because I think at that time, if I had met someone, especially if I met someone that I was super excited about, all the shit I was building would just kind of go by the, the wayside, you know? And this happens all the time where we meet someone, we get excited. They become the sun we revolve around, you know, and then we stop doing the things that we were doing for us. So four years, I think, I think four, four and a half years, that was, it was a long stretch of singlehood. If you're listening to this and you're six months single, I'm going to tell you right now, relax (laughs) because six months is nothing. Um, And in that four years, I started to build, I blog my ass off uh, instead of wondering um, when I'm going to meet someone next. I asked myself, who do I want to be when I meet that person? So I bring more to the table. Right. And uh, I wrote like 5,000 blog posts. You know, when today someone says um, 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 with me and, and, and uh, uh, my friends or someone says like, you know, you're, you, uh, the stuff that you're doing, oh, you got lucky or it's, you know, overnight. No, it's not. I put my head down and fucking wrote for five years and I knocked out, you know, 5,000 blog posts. You do that because that's what it takes to, um, build an audience. You know, I, I mean, even my, um, my other podcast, Angry Therapist, I think I'm on like, I don't know, 500 episodes or something. Um, so it takes time. And, uh, that's where I put the work in. And the image I'm thinking about, I talk about this a lot, is being the basement guy. You know when um, Iron Man is um, – by the way, Iron Man is my favorite uh, superhero. My my Korean name is Iron, by the way. No joke. It's char, which means iron. Um, and then the man part, I guess, is subjective, <laughs> depending on how you view me. But I talk about the basement guy, and the basement guy is – um, I forgot what I forgot which one uh, which Iron Man it was, but when um, when Iron Man is now famous and he's tap dancing and um, I don't know, there's like this whole celebration and parade and he saved the world. You pan down 
and you see this guy in the basement shirtless doing pull-ups and he's making these electric whips and he's got like long hair and he's got like, you know, scars all over his body. And you know that when this guy surfaces, shit's going to go down. And that's like the mindset I had when I went to the gym, when I was blogging, when I was, you know, doing whatever in session, I felt like the basement guy. I felt like I'm going to go in my basement. I'm going to build something and I'm going to get obsessive about it. And when I surface, you know, like people are going to know. And uh, I don't mean that like in an arrogant way, but like people around me are going to know because I've been busy uh, building shit, not just on my couch eating my feelings. And and that was always like the image I had. And uh, it just, it gave me a lot of motivation. So I don't know if that's helpful for you, um, but I'm just telling you um, what was helpful for me. Hey, real quick, just wanted to let you know I'm doing my first work retreat. This is not a weekend. This is a full week and it's designed to use the group to make you accountable. We're going to have a solid structure. We're going to get up early. We're also going to do some somatic stuff. We're going to do ice plunges. We're going to have, I mean, we're in nature, so we'll be hiking. I have access to a full state-of-the-art gym. And the whole point of this is to get whatever you need to get done. So whether you're working on a book or you're starting a podcast or you want to finish your book proposal or if you're a content creator like me and you want to just go in nature and batch a ton of content, let's all do it together. Just go to my Instagram and tap my bio link. I'm also doing this in the first week of December so we can leave this year with a bang and get shit done. Go to my Instagram at The Angry Therapist and tap my bio, and I will see you in the woods. And then over the years, uh, things started to happen. Stars lined up, opportunities happened, and I really believe that this is uh, that was a direct result of me going from a lower frequency living outside in to to over the uh, you know the stretch of the four years living inside out, pulling from my solid self, and then having the ability to now live on a higher frequency. So um, real quick, what are higher frequencies? Love, gratitude optimism, uh, two of my favorites, creativity, curiosity, um, joy, being present. What are some lower frequencies? Uh, let's, let's start with the two that I lived in, dread and worry. I lived in mostly dread and worry, and uh, it was horrible. And being in that lower frequency um, made me Oh, it made me discouraged and invisible. So over the four years, being in a higher frequency pulled me out of the quicksand. And then slowly, you know, because things happen over time, right? There are some spikes, but over time, I built um, friendships, a community, a workout routine, a writing routine, a practice. And um, I've been doing that ever since, right? Uh, Injecting joy, being present, all the stuff that you know about, you, you, you hear about, um, but threading that into my life and building myself a, uh, a safe container, what I call a life container. And then pedaling that bike until your container is solid. And then growth becomes organic growth becomes, um, you just have to live this way. So then it's about life design. 
So that's my story, and I'm going to continue to do episodes with all the other experts. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you tell a friend about this podcast. Uh, this isn't just about uh, tools that will help you. It's about um, holding hands and spreading a message that um, Barbie never ne needed Ken. <laughs> All she needed was that fucking vet, you know, and that uh, media and society says that if you're single, then you're incomplete or defective or salvage. And that's not true. When you're single, uh, you have the richest soil for growth and the best opportunity to connect to yourself. Yeah.